0: Why you oi? Why you oi? Why Then go find the radio again. Yo, if you want no smoke free weed, go bard yourself. You need to go plant the seed. Go bard yourself. Make your knowledge increase. Go bud yourself. Go bard yourself. Go bot yourself, grow by yourself. you wanna smoke. Hey, alright, welcome to episode number one oh nine of Grow Bud Yourself. Thanks for joining us. We have a great show in store for you guys today. We're gonna talk a little bit about some of the voting that's gone on uh recently our interview is with jordan river of the growcast podcast and uh we've got strain of the Fortnite grow tips and answers to your grow questions all here for you on episode 109 brought to you by seeds here now sweet leaf nutrients excelsior extracts and prime superior inoculants if you're a grower or you're thinking about starting your first crop, then you need to know about sweetleaf plant nutrients. Sweetleaf has an incredible line of organic fertilizers and, of course, their legacy line that includes organic and some synthetic fertilizers. Check them out at sweetleaf.com. That's S U I T E L E A F.com. The code DANKO15 gets you 15% off everything at Sweetleaf. That's 15% off their signature line of nutrients as well as essentials like complete indoor hydroponic grow tent kits and grow lights, plus awesome apparel, backpacks, and much more. If you join our Patreon, You'll get access to additional codes worth 20 and even 25% off. Patreon supporters also receive free Sweetleaf nutrients just for signing up. Sweetleaf provides all the tools necessary for the modern gardener. Check them out at sweetleaf.com and remember the code DENKO15. Alright, welcome back. And uh as always, thank you to DJ Jacques and Winstrong for the incredible uh theme song, the grow bud yourself theme song that everybody loves. So uh thanks you guys. Um episode 109 is in effect. Uh Mike, how you feeling?
1: Uh so far, so good, man. I have a good feeling about this week. I think this week we finally got it right.
0: <laughs> you know, it's never it's never perfect, right? We're always seeking Seeking perfection. So, you know, we will continue on that road. But 109 episodes, I'm impressed.
1: <laughs> it's not too bad.
0: You know, uh, yeah, we've been doing this thing since 2011. And, uh, you know, we've got over 100 episodes of the uh, f- the previous show, Free Weed. Uh, and now we're at 109 of this show since 2018. And I think... Wait, right? just, uh, 2020. No, just 2020. 2020. Yeah. yeah, well, that means we're doing these at a, at a much more rapid clip. Uh, which is exciting. And, uh, you know, thanks to the sponsors too for supporting us. Thanks for you guys, the Patreon and the YouTube subscribers and, um, you know, just for sharing this, following us on uh, Instagram. We just, we just crossed 4,000 followers on Instagram, which is great. And, uh, yeah, we really enjoy bringing you this information. So uh, it's great that there's people out there willing to listen and uh, learn, which is awesome. And we got a great show, but first let's talk a little bit about, uh, Uh, some of the some what's going on in the news here yeah absolutely
1: or uh, before we do that do you want to just tell the people about the upcoming uh, grow class that they have an opportunity to to listen in on and view
0: oh that's right yeah Yeah, absolutely yes Uh, we're doing a grow class on uh, the 16th of march uh, at work and roll so if you're anywhere near uh, new york city you can attend it in person which would be amazing and we'd love to have you there Uh, We're also looking for sponsorships uh, of the classes and you can also attend it virtually. Uh, You can buy tickets online uh, to attend virtually. We're going to be doing a zoom uh, this time where people can actually ask questions in the chat. So no matter where you are in the world, uh, the UK, Australia, you know, anywhere uh, you can actually spend uh, the equivalent of $10 us uh, and attend this class and also even ask questions in the chat uh, that Mike will be monitoring during the class. Uh, It's a two hour class. It's at work and roll uh, which is an incredible uh, cannabis friendly incubator space uh, in Manhattan in New York city and shout outs to them. Uh, You can go to their uh, Instagram and uh, their bio to click and buy tickets for that class. We're doing a class in March, uh, another one in April And another one in May. So that's pretty exciting. We're really uh, enjoying doing that uh, over at Work and Roll. Um, So please follow them. Tell them uh, we sent (laughs) you. And, uh, yeah, um, it's a great opportunity uh, to see us in person. We're going to be doing some, hopefully some live podcasting from uh, that space sometime soon as well. Uh, So uh, very exciting. March 16th. Um, the tickets for the grow class are actually on Eventbrite dot Eventbrite.com is where, uh, you can get those. And, and they're in the links, uh, in our bios and all that on Instagram. So in, uh, my bio, the grow Bud yourself bio or the work and roll bio. So, um, uh, we're looking forward to seeing you there.
1: For sure. Yeah. That's going to be great. And the, uh, the, the whole interactive thing is a, a game changer. The fact that you guys can, can check the class out remotely and even ask questions. Very cool stuff. So, yeah, get your tickets to that. And as Dan mentioned earlier, let's talk a little cannabis news here. So the uh, the big cannabis news that we've all sort of been holding our breath for over the last week is of course uh, legalization in Oklahoma. And Oklahoma voters had the opportunity to legalize recreational cannabis on Tuesday, March 7th. But sadly, the measure was soundly defeated with 62% of voters against it, only 38% in favor. It was an opportunity for Oklahoma to join the ranks of sort of unexpected adult-use states like Montana or Virginia, which recently legalized cannabis. Um, But nearly all GOP legislators opposed legalization in Oklahoma, and there was a campaign launched against it led by Republican political strategist Pat McFerrin who said, uh, we're pleased that voters have spoken. We think this sends a clear signal that voters are not happy with the recreational nature of our medicinal system. We also think it shows voters recognize the criminal aspects as well as a need for addressing mental health needs of the state. Uh, despite the overwhelming win, the opposition campaign actually was outspent more than 20 to one. As the legalization campaign shelled out nearly $5 million to promote the measure, well, the opposition spent uh, just around 219000 uh, On a positive note, though, Oklahoma does have a very easily accessible and popular medical marijuana program, and that was approved in 2018. The state currently has nearly 3,000 licensed dispensaries serving around 400,000 medical pot patients. So, a little bit of a silver lining there.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it's interesting because they have a very uh, sort of... Um, you know, their medical situation allowed for, for there's a very low uh, bar of entry. Uh, so that might have even sort of created a bit of a backlash. And uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's strange that they, you know, the, the, the conservative uh, governor and, and, and leaders uh, really ganged up against this, uh, you know, basically saying that they wanted to protect the kids, which doesn't make any sense because legal dispensaries card you know card people uh you have to show id and most uh of the unlicensed situations don't do that so i don't know how it's protecting kids but (laughs) um yeah that's bad news in oklahoma i would say you know people should should get out and vote for uh these legalization efforts anywhere they can but uh certainly oklahoma uh took a step in the wrong direction in my opinion on that one but uh yeah we shall see
1: yeah Exactly. But, you know, to demonstrate sort of that the, the march towards legalization will continue on despite momentary defeats, uh, we could just head to Texas, where Councilman Chris Nettles is pushing for decriminalization of up to four ounces of cannabis. Uh, Nettles would like the city to move to civil citations in place of jail. He says, you'll be cited and you'll be released, meaning you'll go on your way. You won't uh, you'll deal with it on the civil side instead of going to jail. This is especially important in the Fort Worth area, given the disproportionate number of arrests impacting minorities. Nettles recognizes the heavy lifting required to change cannabis policy in Fort Worth, where the police chief acknowledges many cops actually drive around with scales in their cars. In fact, a Fort Worth PD can currently deal with nonviolent people who are caught with up to two ounces of cannabis by citing and releasing them, but most cops just choose to ignore that policy, in fact, from uh, October 2021 to October 2022, there were 230 marijuana arrests, but only 16 of them were cited. The other 214 actually went to jail. And of course, the jails in Fort Worth and all over Texas are overflowing. So this is obviously a situation that needs addressing. And hopefully, uh, Councilman Nettles will be able to uh, to get decriminalization passed in Fort Worth.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um I do think that Texas is far behind on the situation and uh, having lived there as a child from age uh, four to 12 or so uh, you know, I, I kind of get it, (laughs) but uh, at the same time, I think it's an, it's a place uh, where they, you know, they're pretty decent agriculturally and I think they could end up uh, um, growing some high quality cannabis. They get a ton of sunshine uh, and they've got, a lot of land, <laughs> a lot of ranches, and and that sort of thing. So hopefully, places like Texas, Oklahoma, and other states will uh, will jump on board. Eventually, they will. It's just a matter of time. But uh, in the meantime, we we've got to we've got to celebrate our victories and 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 mourn our losses. I think, you know, part of this Oklahoma loss is also due to it being a special election in the middle of March. I think you know, when people are already voting on other things in November and and they're out for a presidential vote or whatever it might be, uh, we always do better during those election cycles than we do uh, when it's like a special, uh, special ballot. And this one in particular seems like a, you know, kind of a mess.
1: Yeah, agreed uh, to your point. There weren't even 600,000 votes total in this election. So a very small number of votes. Not a ton of people turned out for this election. Yeah. But that's a little bit of what's going on in the world of weed. Uh, but we should stop it here because we have a very interesting and in-depth interview this uh, this week.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's Jordan River from the Growcast uh, podcast. And I've been on that show a couple of times. Uh, so it's only fitting that we should have him on here. Very knowledgeable. Uh, very good at expressing you know, uh, simple techniques for people to improve their grows, um, and very hands-on. You know, he's always, the the whole team, uh, very available uh, and always willing to uh, help out and answer questions and improve people's grows. At the end of the day, I think that's the most important thing uh, with, you know, promoting home grow and also making sure that the quality uh, stands up and that people are learning um, and always available to learn more um so jordan you know i've been a fan of uh of the, his show and 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 everything that they are able to do so uh really excited to have him on and talking about uh Growcast. uh they have they do consulting they have uh seeds as well and and uh a lot of interesting stuff going on over there so uh yeah let's take a break uh without further ado and then we will come back after the break Uh, with Jordan River of GrowCast. Do you want to take your cultivation program to the next level and grow higher quality, naturally healthier plants? Our new sponsor, Prime Superior, can get you there with simple, safe, and effective products. Whether you're starting with seeds, clones, or your plants are already established, Prime Superior has a product for you. And best of all, You don't have to change anything in your grow program. Just add Prime Superior. Do you want the best biological for cannabis growing? Prime Superior's proprietary strain of Boveria Bassania increases terpenes, cannabinoids, and yield. Inoculate early with Prime Superior and you will see faster germination and larger root mass which will help you propel your nutrient uptake. Faster growth and more photosynthesis means higher yields and more terpenes and cannabinoids. Plus. Prime Superior has the world's first biological cloning honey to help improve your cloning success. Now's the time to try Prime Superior. Grow Bud Yourself listeners can use the code PS420 for 15% off their entire order at primesuperior.com. So don't hesitate, inoculate, and visit primesuperior.com to learn more. All right. Welcome back to Grow Bud Yourself. We have a great guest for you guys this week. Uh, Our guest is the creator of the GrowCast podcast, uh, on which I have been a guest in the past as well. Uh, An amazing show. uh, An amazing, actually, just a whole uh, lifestyle, actually, if you check out their Patreon and everything else. But we'll get into that. Um, Welcome to the show, Jordan River. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Danny, uh,
2: Grow Bud Yourself. What's up? What's going on, Mike? Uh, great to be here thank you for the invite on your show brother
0: yeah absolutely i mean we have the same mission which is teaching people how to grow their own uh and trying to improve those grows uh because i really do believe as, as i'm sure you do as well is that um home grow is kind of where it's at for people like us who really care about uh quality uh over quantity and uh just the the experience of this amazing plant so um yeah why don't you why don't you tell me a little bit uh, for people who who haven't heard your show uh and might not know um tell us a little bit about how you got involved in cannabis uh, in, in in cultivation and podcasting and, and all of it basically just give Absolutely. us a little overview thank you man thank you for the warm welcome
2: yeah um i am jordan river i started growing cannabis in 2010 um, I started my relationship with cannabis before that in my teens when I was having uh, grand mal seizures. Um, and I had, I had tried cannabis from a kind of, you know, enjoyment perspective and then realized it's medicinal quality and decided I wanted to get into the industry. So I moved to Humboldt County, uh, Northern California where I had family and I stayed with them and I eventually grew uh, for five years. And that was my profession from 2010 to 2015. Um, and then towards the end of that career, uh, I was working with my co-host, Wolfman, and we were constantly talking about growing. Every time we we tried to just hang out and chill, the conversation would always turn towards growing. So we said, we should probably just turn some microphones on. And so in 2014, 2015, we started podcasting about growing, and the show just grew and grew and grew. Um, and then, like you said, we started the community, uh, and it's just been absolutely incredible. It's been a huge blessing. And now it's basically, it is what I do full time and Growcast and its community have been born out of that. And you're absolutely right. Our mission is really, really simple because there's a lot of ways that you can go in the cannabis industry. There's a lot of facets you can support. There's a lot of value you can provide. But at the end of the day, I feel that growing your own is the easiest, most impactful thing you can do from not just like a medicinal production perspective, but also to help with the cause. It's how you can further the cannabis community um, and, and achieve our mission of overgrowth. That is really how we can cement ourselves in, in this type of legislation, um, is to get as many people growing as we can right now so that we can make it part of the culture and embed it in case you know people try to come and uproot those inherent rights. So, so yeah, I'm really, really grateful. And uh, we continue every day to work tirelessly for the members and the listeners and to try to achieve this mission of overgrowth
0: yeah yeah and and i'm you know i'm of the same wavelength for sure it's like all about that um the problem though in some cases is that there's there's a lot of cannabis now being grown legally uh, but grown in bulk and grown um, not always by people who uh, really understand how to scale up in that kind of way Uh, and uh, the quality just sort of seems to suffer you know i visited a lot of gardens. Um, over the years, working for High Times and, and Northeast Leaf and um, throughout the travels. And it just seems to 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 be one of those things, like the bigger you go, the harder it is to maintain quality. Um, so, you know, that's why protecting home grow is so important and why uh, growing your own is critical for people, but also even even for people who don't grow their own, buy from someone who grows their own. You know what I mean? Like I envision this sort of, farmer's market kind of uh, ideal where you can go uh, and purchase jars from people, you know, who grew cannabis nearby organically or, you know, however it is that you prefer it. Uh, And I do think that that's an alternative um, that I envision to, you know, the Apple store with the iPad of the mass produced sort of mids. Right. I mean, that's, and I'm not against it. I mean, it's, there's an audience for that and there's an audience for, other things, I mean, if you're a true connoisseur, um, you want the highest quality, right? You nailed it, man. And I think that's an important
2: distinction, which is like, I don't think there's anything wrong with having a large cannabis production company. Like, I'm not here to tell you that you can't do that, right? And there are people who just aren't going to grow. There are people who are just not interested enough. They're too busy and they just just don't want to grow. They're never going to grow. So those people need a place to purchase their cannabis. And I hope that cannabis gets of a higher and higher caliber over time. God bless them. The problem is when these big multi-state or, or organizations, A, start to box out craft cultivators that would otherwise be providing better medicine to patients, and more importantly, B, start to actively lobby against our right to grow at home. That's where you cross the line with my community, and that's something that we cannot abide by. So that is literally the only distinguishing line. I'm not saying that I love you know, all the dispo mids out there, but I'm saying, like you said, they have their place. Absolutely, they have their place. And I wish them the best, but you've got to let us grow our own. And if we could just convince another 1% of people who consume cannabis to start growing, that would be a massive shift. Like if you think, of, think about the tens of millions, hundreds of millions of people out there who smoke cannabis regularly, uh, how many of those people actually grow, right? And how easy is it to just pick up that first seed and, and plant it and pop it and get that huge abundance of cannabis? Everybody who, who's growing their own knows what I'm talking about. So if we could just get that number up a little bit, just make those 1% gains, there would be so much abundance, like you said, of homegrown cannabis that a lot of people would just be able to get it for cheap or, or next to free, um, just because by nature of flooding the market with, with our home grow uh, harvests. So that's that's really what we want to do. And like I said, establish that deeply before they can take those rights away because those corporations for some reason see home growers as, as the enemy. Um, It's a shame that dispensaries haven't been able to properly capitalize and provide value to, more importantly, uh, between the relationship of growers, right? I remember back in the day, you used to be able to pick up clones of cultivars uh, from a dispensary because a lot of it was vertically integrated. If I can walk into a dispensary and I can try some high-quality flower and then get a clone of that flower you're going to profit off of me as a grower. They haven't figured that out yet. They only target the patient, the consumer, and they see the grower as the enemy. So we have to establish ourselves and their strength in numbers while we still can can exercise these rights.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um, if you want the, the the actual strain that you want to grow, you know, so many things are mislabeled out there in the world and so many things That's are so not true. even necessarily grown to their potential, even if they are uh, the, the appropriate cultivar. Uh, so, I mean, I think for medical patients, it's, it's kind of a no brainer for me. You know, the, the thing was I had to see it to believe it because growing up, you know, in the, in the eighties, it was like, you know, in my mind, it was like, you needed acres or fields in South America to grow cannabis. You know I mean? It just didn't, it didn't make sense that you could have, you know, a, a, a three by three or a four by four tent Uh, And that could provide you with all the cannabis you could smoke and plenty to give away. I I really had to see it. And I think that's kind of what, what our, you know, what, what our mission is is to help people see that. And here in New York uh, where Mike and I are, uh, we now have, you know, home grow rights right across the river. I was just in New Jersey earlier today, right across the river, they don't have home grow rights. So the MSOs kind of control jersey and new york actually has this kind of pretty pretty decent law the way that it's written uh and they've opened a few stores and and the the stores you mentioned like where there's dispensaries that you can actually purchase clones at i mean they are few and far between but i do think um like you said they they should be very uh pro home grow because they can sell you the equipment they can sell you the clones and you know if you're in between harvests they can sell you the flower too Absolutely.
2: And at the end of the day, it's about getting the patient's proper medicine. And there's nothing quite like the home grow journey, where you get to explore this infinite variety of cultivars and find out what works for you. Most people have some sort of ailment that they're treating with cannabis. Like, I I find it very hard to distinguish the recreational and medicinal aspects of cannabis when I talk to people. That line is very, very thin. Um, and, And so... This idea of popping these seeds and hunting through thousands of different genotypes to find what works for you and then holding on to it, that's kind of what this whole thing is about at the end of the day, for the real cannabis connoisseurs and for the real cannabis patients. Now, you said something very interesting, I actually want your take on this, which is strain names and strain provenance, like man, it was hard to keep track of when there was just a few guys out there doing (laughs) it and a few different strains now there's more strains being created as we speak oh there's another one okay oh wait wait another f- four seconds there's another polyhybrid they're being created non-stop um first of all we're gonna run out of words we're gonna we're literally gonna <laughs> run out of names um and and second of all what do you even know what's what at this point because there's so many different crosses and they're being bred and and, and grown in different places so the environment plays a role in the terroir and the different phenotypes and all of this what do you think about this uh like strain madness, Danny. And can you even ha- how that must have been such a massive change from what you've seen over the decades, you know, being so involved in this community.
0: Yeah. I mean, absolutely. The, you know, the strains I grew up with are kind of the building blocks for all of a lot of these polyhybrids. Totally. Uh, but you know, I think it, 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 when things sort of pan out years from now, we're looking very, you know, very closely at every moment as it happens. But Years from now, I think people will be able to map. Yeah, I mean they're they're doing it already, obviously, and some some are doing it better than others. But uh, sort of map out uh, the cannabis genome and really kind of figure out, okay, these all kind of belong in this world; these are are in that world, uh, and so you know, and certain flavors always will distinguish themselves. Certain things, anything that's unique, uh, is going to. Wow, people, mm-hmm. uh, something that comes out with a new flavor, a new kind of uh, cannabinoid profile or terpene profile. It's really going to stick out. Uh, but that also involves uh, people breeding with regular seeds and, and using proper genetics and maybe less polyhybrids and more F1 hybrids of things that are very distinctly different from each other um, crossing into each other to make something new. Otherwise, it's really just muddying the gene pool in some ways. It's like, you know, what we really want is distinctive, interesting, new th- new profiles. Oh, man. People, and, want that.
2: people love that dice roll, though. They get addicted to it. And, you know, right. you say something really interesting, which is like the flavors. That's probably what we're going to end up having to break it down to, right? Like chemo bars. Like, what is this plant producing? That's a surefire way to know what you're going to get as we learn more about terpenes and things like that. Right. I think that's a, that's a, a close representation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that also brings me to one of my favorite, uh, sort of sub categories, which is the Hawaiian cultivars that exist, uh, all coming obviously from somewhere else, but adapting to that climate, uh, and uh, you have some experience with those. Can we oh, talk a little man. bit about uh, working with Hawaiian cultivars? I will never get sick of this subject.
2: Yes, absolutely. My parents live on Molokai, which is uh, the least populated Hawaiian island. It's like, uh, there's like 6,000, 7,000 people on the island. Um, it's the cannabis kind of cultivation area. It's like If there was a rural Hawaii, if there was the sticks in Hawaii, that's Molokai. So obviously I've been checking out the local growers, checking out the local cultivars. And what I found is exactly what you said, these incredible coveted strains by these just like beautiful people, these OGs of the cannabis world that are so storied and so rich with history and so protective of these genetics sometimes. It is so cool, Um, very insulated, right? this cut came here from Hawaii in the 1960s. And we've kept it here in my family ever since. And like, no, you're not allowed to have the cut. And, and the guy tells me, you know, my uncle won't even give me this cut. Like he's taken this cut to the grave. <laughs> he told me this, like, it's just so fascinating from the Molokai Frost to the Maui Waui. Um, you know, some of these strains like the Maui Waui was supposedly a Oaxacan, uh, a Mexican strain that had been brought to Hawaii and acclimated and and adjusted to the terroir and evolved into what we now know as the Maui Waui. Um, Strains go back and forth from Northern California to Hawaii and back again. So I was really interested in this stuff and and I hooked up with a company called Good Gear Seeds and they're out in Hawaii making really cool crosses. Shout out to member Old Bay for introducing me to Good Gear Seeds. And they hooked me up with some Molokai Frost which I actually have going right now and some Molokai Citrus Kush which I had grown twice before. There's actually some hanging up right there in my, in my dry room next to me. Man, this Molokai Citrus Kush, it smelled like a bonfire built out of Sharpies. It, it smells like someone made a pile of Sharpies and threw a flaming spray paint can in the middle and lit a bonfire, it was so stinky. And it wasn't what you'd originally think of if you're thinking of these like equatorial, sativa-y type strains. And, and these Hawaiians got, Hawaiian guys say it's because a lot of these strains have been here for a long, long time, like even before the 60s. Um, and they say that, you know, if, if you're going to believe these guys, they say that these genetics are different. Like sativa, indica, we're dealing with some, like, different stuff, they say. And uh, it, it's pretty interesting. The other thing about Hawaii that I will say is they do light supplementation instead of light deprivation outdoors. So it's a, it's a really interesting style of growing that I had never seen before which is in Northern California, where I cut my chops, you wanted to trigger the flowering cycle by depriving the plant of light to put it into flower so you don't have to wait for the whole year. You don't have to wait for the sun to change. You just light-depth it. You light you deprive it of light. In Hawaii, naturally, it's like 12-12, like all the time, basically. So what you have to do is you bring out the floodlights with an extension cord, and you set those up next to the plants outdoors, and you veg them long enough... Until it's time to flower, and then you take them away. So it was just something that was different, and I hadn't seen before. And when you fly into Molokai, you can look down and see all the floodlights in people's backyards. It's like, oh, there we go. There's all the growers. People growing their own. Gotta love it, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think you know Colombia is similar to that as well. The close, the closer you get to the equator, um, you know, the the closer you are to twelve twelve all the time, and you have to, if you if you want bigger plants, you have to use light. Supplementation to give them a longer veg. It's like it. it, Otherwise, they just flower immediately. Um, Now, what are? uh, Let's get into some of the grow info as well. I know people are always very interested in that. What are your top three tips uh, for a bigger, stickier harvest? Oh,
2: okay. I like this. I like this. Yeah, we can we can break this down. Um, So, my number one tip, and this is especially for beginners, but definitely more of an advanced topic as well because you know i grew for five years professionally like for a profession um and then i grew for another few years craft and then i got myself a moisture meter like a real moisture meter and i realized that i had been watering improperly over my seven year grow career uh my number one tip this is huge is getting your watering on point uh, so many times people will overwater or underwater their plant, they'll think that it's caused some sort of deficiency, and, and maybe the plant is struggling to take up a nutrient, but it's not because that nutrient's not available. It's because the root zone has either been uh, dried too much or overwatered, which is more of a lack of oxygen, as I'm sure you and your listeners have heard before. Um, now, are, have you talked to like Michael Box from Sustainable Village or the, or the Blue Mat guys? Have you covered that product, the Blue Mat?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm definitely familiar with the blue mat and that's basically that like kind of ceramic. Yes. Um, it, it's the same sort of theory of why people have ceramic pots, right? It's like they, they kind of absorb water and they'll tell you when the, the soil is dry. Exactly. And how they do that, the reason
2: why you want to get like a blue mat style moisture meter is because those, those sensors detect the pressure. So what's interesting about those is I had used cheaper meters before, like the crappy Amazon ones that just say wet, dry. Those things suck. Do not waste your time with those. Get something that measures in M bars. That's the unit that'll tell you how pressurized your soil is. Not how moist it is, but how pressurized it is because the more water is in there, the more pressurized it is. And then it detects when the pressure lowers it's because the water has evaporated or been drank by your plant. And then now you can say, oh, it's at the proper pressure to apply more water. So I realized even though I thought I would really had my watering on point, just do yourself a favor, invest the like 80 bucks in a moisture meter that reads in M bars and you will not regret it. Um, that is my number one tip is to get your watering on point. Uh, my number two piece of advice would be to uh, utilize microbiology. Like this, this is a massive one. Um, I think that even if you're in a hydro setup, people tend to overlook the the benefits of applying things like bacteria and fungi to their grows, because it seems counterintuitive, right? Like you're adding something that might be um, not so beneficial to those microbes, or you might be in a medium that's not so hospitable to those microbes. But if you mix them and apply them regularly into your feed, they will take action in your root zone and you will see benefits. I can't tell you how many DWC growers I've seen add some liquid mycorrhizal into their setup and see some huge results on the roots or rock wool growers that'll use like a a fish waste type product uh, late to get that aquatic microbe beneficial bacteria overload um, and get some really interesting expressions out of that microbial exposure. I am a huge fan of, I I support all types of growing, but I am a huge fan of living soil and when it breaks down to it I really think that the microbes are doing a lot of that uh, expression and Uh, stimulating that plant's immune system, right? To do different things than it would in a different setup. So if you don't have the living soil system, just add any microbes you can get your hands on, whether it's your compost teas or the bottled products that you can pick up at the grow store, uh, beneficial bacteria, beneficial fungi. Do not overlook it. It's going to change the way your plant expresses. You're going to get stinkier buds and bigger buds, and uh, you know the products, those micro products. Just try the ones that work for you, or just grab yourself some aquarium water some free microbes, right? Um, like I said, compost tea, it's, it's all around us. So utilize that microbiology. And then for a heavier harvest, my last tip, uh, the first thing that I wanna say is, I think a lot of people think about this wrong, which is, I, I get a lot of beginners in the community who will ask, how much does this, how much is this plant gonna yield, is what they'll ask me. And thinking about weight, there's really a few units of measurement that you need to concern yourself with, really. It's not so much like grams per plant, right? If you're abiding by a plant count, that certainly matters, but how you should be thinking about it is either grams per square foot in the space you're working in, um, grams per watt of your light, so you know that you're hitting like reasonable yields, and maybe most importantly, uh, grams per day in a harvest cycle. If you want to increase your yields, you need to increase those numbers. Because sure, you can grow out a big plant if you veg it for a very long time and then you take up a a tent and you say, hey, lose a pound. But if you have to veg that thing for eight weeks, you're gonna have way more production by doing more multiple smaller plants, right? Whether that means getting them all in the same bed or however you need to rearrange your grow situation. Um, Filling that canopy space, grams per square foot, is the first step. So, you know, doing proper training, trellising, topping, fimming, low-stress training, filling that canopy space, grams per, per square, square inch, um, and then grams per watt, so you're providing enough nutrition for your plant as it's receiving a ton of photon coverage from this modern LED grow light, uh, and then getting it done as fast as you can. If you want to focus on production, right? There's a lot of different goals that people have, but if, you're, if your goal is more bud and, and bigger harvests, Think about it over the course of a year and get those runs in fast. Get that veg tent bumping, ready to go on flip um, and fill in that space with as many plants as you're comfortable with or are allowed or whatever you're doing so that you have that minimal veg time. If you can shave a week off of veg, you're, you're ripping, baby. So so
0: that's, that's my advice, my top three for a bigger, stickier harvest. Awesome. Awesome. Now, what about automation? I mean, obviously the big, the big gardens, obvious they they need automation. But how can a, how can the home grower benefit from automation? Uh, and and how can they actually build automated systems? Yeah, I love it, man. Automation is one of my favorite subjects
2: because, like, like I'm saying, people have different goals, right? Like when you ask me a bigger harvest, that gives me very specific answers. Some people want to grow 16 week strains. Some people want to be in their garden every single day hand watering right and some people are really busy some people got a lot of stuff going on they got families and jobs and not a lot of time on their hands <clears throat> and that's when automation becomes very very valuable it's my number one uh piece of pushback when i try to convince people to grow uh, for my mission of overgrow and they'll say i'm too busy i would love to grow but i'm too busy and that's when i tell these people there are ways that you can grow that it require little effort. I mean, close to no effort. So, Danny, back in the day, automation meant one style and one style only, right? You were hydro. You were on a timer. That's the only way you could do it back in the day, I feel like. Um, but now, like I said, especially with systems like Blue Mat systems, um, you can get away with an a, a organic style that really attracts people, um, which is going ahead and filling your tent with either a living soil bed or some large pots, like some 25 gallon pots. And what happens is when you increase the media that to that size of volume, to those large volumes, it holds moisture so much more easily. Soil growing is so much more forgiving in general in a larger volume of soil. They're not gonna run out as, of moisture as easily. They're not gonna run out of minerals as easily. Um, if you mulch that, you're gonna you find yourself watering way, way less. Overwatering and underwatering is harder. Uh, in a larger volume of soil. So I can't recommend it enough, getting into a large volume of soil. And from there, you can then put in a system like a blue mat, which, much like the sensor, will only water when the pressure drops. So fill your, I don't know, 30-gallon reservoir, like a Home Depot tote, and stick it outside your living soil bed, plug that bad boy in. You can walk away from that system for maybe a couple of weeks just basically as long as before you need to get in there and default and stuff. Um, at that point, if your lights and your timers and your fans are all on uh, on point, um, then you can walk away from that full reservoir and wet bed for a long time. You can go on vacation, come back, and your plant will just have exploded. So, so yeah, I think this new style of automation involves a lot of volume of soil for the mineral content and then a nice clean reservoir with just plain water uh, with a blue mat system like a soaker hose that runs across that bed and just wicks water out as it's necessary
0: get 10 14 days i bet out of that thing depending on the humidity that's awesome absolutely and uh you know people are always asking me also like how can i go away <laughs> you know if i'm growing that's like you know three four month commitment uh, to being here practically every day but there are ways like you said to automate um, let's talk about your home breeding workshop. That's very interesting to me because, you know, on the surface, people are always, you know, online or wherever. It's like, you know, the 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 closet hackers and the pollen chuckers and all of this <laughs> the, the the insults that people throw around. But the reality is, is a, a lot of amazing strains have come out of home breeding uh, and even bag seed <laughs> in some cases. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that home breeding workshop that you got going on. That's exactly right, man. That is literally why we're doing this. We see
2: we see a couple of things that are incongruent about the, the cannabis cultivation space. And one is this this general intimidation and fear that people have of breeding their own strains. And it comes from it comes from people who take breeding very, very seriously, which I respect right? That's, that, that's very important to have these people that are very opinionated about what a breeder is and what a breeder isn't. Uh, but at the end of the day, I've got my opinions, which is that this plant is very easy to cross-pollinate. It's a lot of fun to cross-pollinate. And I believe just like growing, everybody should breed at least once during their grow career, right? Um, so so that was my idea with the with the home breeding workshop. And I teamed up with Rizo Rich, who's the breeder at Growcast Seed Co., who does all sorts of pollinations for our community. And uh, we just teach people how to breed at home. We teach people a little bit more of like the advanced you know, genetic side. Uh, but more importantly, it's like a Q&A session. It's a learn and burn. Everybody gets a breeder kit with like, a variety of genetics and you know, paintbrush and pollen and stickers. And it's a lot of fun. But the real mission is all these people in this room, like you said, are, are afraid to breed because they're going to get called a pollen chucker or they're going to you know step on somebody's toes. I got to tell you, people... People used to be so much more protective of these genetics than they are now. And it's honestly, Danny, it's like a double-edged sword, right? Less and less people get credit. There are people who worked on this when it was illegal, and, and these people are, are heroes. We're all standing on the shoulders of giants, right? Um, and, and less and less people are, are going to get credit because the provenance is going to get more and more muddled. On the other side of that coin, more and more people are going to breed than ever before. So that's a positive, right? We need to... Primar- we need to simultaneously preserve and honor the past while also proliferating this plant and not gatekeeping this side of the industry at all. So I cannot encourage enough the act of home breeding. And that's why we do the home breeding workshop and get people started. And it's been a huge hit so far, man.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned some of the heroes of the past. We got to mention our friend, our mutual friend, Rob, uh, who initially got me uh, involved with GrowCast uh, and I, it's amazing to see how you've grown. You know, uh, can you just let people know how they can uh, join the Order of Cultivation, uh, <laughs> and how to get involved with Growcast, and follow you guys on social media and all of that? Thank you, man. And thank you for mentioning Rob, absolutely, uh, my
2: partner who, yeah. who passed, and that really means a lot, man. He inspired all of this and just had that same idea of how can we deliver value. Like, you can tune in to Growcast. We still drop an episode every single uh, every single Monday. We, we never miss a Monday. Um, he was the one who helped me create the membership, um, which turned into the Order of Cultivation. And, uh, yeah, I, I constantly have him, you know, in the back of my mind. And, and uh, he inspired so, so much. So, as well as introducing me to a bunch of people such as yourself. So, um, huge, huge shout-out to Danielle and uh, Ron. And, and yeah. You can check out the whole archive of Growcast on Spotify, on any platform. Uh, And then, of course, you can go to growcastpodcast.com slash membership to get into the order of cultivation. And that's our private little community. You get, like, discounts that no one else gets. Uh, Members-only discounts on things like seeds and Dino Myco and Rain Science Grow Bags and and all this fun stuff. Um, You get really, really cool perks, like some breeders release stuff only to our community hundreds of hours of bonus content growcast tv just check it out just check out growcast on spotify or or whatever that's tune into the show that's that's enough for me so thank you to all your listeners and thank you to uh both of you at the grow bud yourself team um mike danny thank you i appreciate you guys a lot for having me on today
0: all right on man yeah we appreciate you as well and uh you know we're all on the same mission and the plant is what guides us and uh yeah Definitely. Thank you so much for being on the show, uh, Jordan River. And uh, we will be back after these messages. Hey, guys. Remember, friends don't let friends bring clones home. The only way to guarantee that you're growing out your phenotype of choice is through seeds. And the best way to get the seeds you want is through seeds here now. Established way back in 2010, Seeds Here Now has been satisfying customers with the best genetics from the best breeders in the world, with more than 3,000 strains to choose from. With an average rating of 4.8 stars, Seeds Here Now is one of the most trusted and respected seed banks in the world. And Seeds Here Now is the only seed bank with 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, Seeds Here Now offers regular deals on seeds. Just click the On Sale tab on their website and see what this month's deals are on a variety of incredible genetics. And if you sign up for their email list, you'll be entered to win free seeds every time a Seeds Here Now email goes out. Visit SeedsHereNow.com to learn more. And Grow Bud Yourself listeners can use the promo code GBY ship for free shipping on all orders. And best of all, that free shipping offer will work with any other coupon code or discount that you use. So, check out SeedsHereNow.com today and get started on your own dream garden. All right, welcome back, and uh, thank you to Jordan for that amazing uh interview definitely go and check out uh, Growcast and all that they have to offer um, very important mission and uh, important information so thanks to him um, we are now in our cultivation section and it has <laughs> been a couple of weeks
1: <laughs> and yes this is a fortnight and yes this is a fortnight strain so of the, the fortnight what, yeah. for uh, what do you got for us this
0: week Strain Strain of of the Fortnite.
1: Fortnite. Strain Strain of the Fortnite. Fortnite. Ah, there it is. Courtesy of Gunja Gonzalez, the Strain of the Fortnite tune. So yes, man, what do you have for us this Fortnite?
0: Yes. Okay, this is an exciting one. This is Strawberries and Cream. Uh, It is written up in our latest issue of... Northeast Leaf by our friend Bailey Nuggs. And uh, she basically describes it really well. She got, she got it from House of Cultivar, which is actually a, uh, um, a Seattle grow that I wrote up that is now in Massachusetts. So she actually picked this up in Massachusetts from our friends um, at Green Care Collective, uh, GCC Brands. Uh, And they grow a ton of cannabis up there in mass. And this is one of the strains. And so, yeah, Green Care uh, has uh, partnered up with House of Cultivar to uh, grow out this amazing strawberries and cream strain, which is actually bred uh, by our friend Mike over at Exotic Genetics. Um, And he crossed a strawberry mother uh, with a cookies and cream F2 female to create this uh, uh, sativa-dominant strawberry-flavored strain, which is really actually quite uh, unique and interesting. Um, It's kind of got some lemony freshness to it, too. It's kind of like strawberries and lemons and cream. Um, Really high THC level of 27.4%, I think, THCA uh, in the testing. And even more interesting, uh, really high CBGA Um, 2.14% CBGA, uh, which not a lot of strains have, uh, you know, that high of an amount of CBGA. Um, So that's interesting as well, uh, specifically also for medicinal purposes. Um, Dominant terpenes would be uh, caryophyllene, uh, limonene, which is obviously where it gets that lemoniness, um, uh, humulene, and myrcene. Uh, And if you know me, you know I love uh, strawberry cough, which also I believe has a good amount of myrcene. So basically, House of Cultivar, uh, starting out in Pacific Northwest, uh, and I wrote them up uh, years ago for High Times because they really do uh, source their genetics really well. Uh, They basically, they go to the source to find. So whatever they grow, um, they really go and find like the original um, and then they pheno hunt for the best phenos of, of those. So uh, really interesting strain. Uh, and so basically, when you look at it, you see that it's really covered in trichomes. Um, Bailey describes it as basically snow white. Uh, and when you see pictures of it, you can see that it's just very, very frosty, um, very crystallized. Um, beautiful bud structure. Uh, easy to trim because of that too. Calyx to leaf ratio is, is very nice, especially for a sativa dominant plant. Um and then you get the smell um that sweet sort of uh linalool profile uh as well, lemon lemony uh but also kind of cheesy from the uh the uh cream uh cream side of things. So very kind of like a dessert, <laughs> you know, as far as the smell. Um and then when you smoke it, it's really uh, also again for a sativa dominant plant it's kind of pretty relaxing high um and so it's really uh it's got kind of earthy notes too on the on the exhale um so it's kind of sweet going in and earthy coming out in an interesting way um and um certainly uh a you know a decent sedative effect for something that's you know kind of you know a hybrid some people would say it's it's you know, indica dominant, I think it's kind of right along the line um, because it really does help with things like anxiety and, and depression and stress. Uh, so it does have that relaxing, uh, calming kind of vibe that you get from uh, from an indica. But flavor wise, it's really kind of more of a sativa um, with a bit of an uplifting feeling that i guess would help with things like anxiety and depression so uh, definitely a very creative strain as well i love strawberry cough for the same reason uh it's very inspirational and so uh yeah basically if you're interested in something that's got kind of a a sweet berry uh, vanilla uh, and a little bit of lemon kind of flavor to it uh, check out the strawberries and cream Uh, you can buy it up in massachusetts i'm not sure they have the retail partners uh, announced yet, but they will be announcing soon. You can follow House of Cultivar on Instagram, um, and also check out uh, Green Care Collective online as well. I think that's GCC-Brands.com and House uh, at House Period of Period Cultivar on Instagram. So that is the strawberries and cream. Shout out to Mike. We'll get to get him on the show uh, sometime soon as well. To uh, give us the lowdown on some of his uh, other strains, which are really quite amazing. So um, thank you to Exotic, House of Cultivar, and uh, GCC Brands, and Bailey, of course, for the uh, review. It's in. If you want to see it, uh, you can see it for free online uh, by checking out the latest March issue of uh, Leaf Magazines, uh, Northeast Leaf uh, Magazines. It's all there on our website, leafmagazines.com go check
1: it out. It's not going to cost you anything. Totally free. Great cannabis information. All right. So excellent strain of the fortnight. And uh, our listeners are well aware at this point that each week you provide a grow tip that's going to help them become better cultivators. So what are you going to talk about this week?
0: All right. So I've got a fairly broad topic this week. Um, Basically, the question is, why grow your own? I mean, if you have access to cannabis, uh, why bother? basically. Um, and I get qu- asked this question a lot because I, I, I promote home growth. So, so much. And people are just like, look, I got a store down the street. Uh, they've got, you know, $30 eighths and uh, I'm good. Uh, and if you have that, that's great. And uh, if it's uh, decent quality and you enjoy it and that's fine, that's wonderful. But if you're like me and you want a really superior product uh, and you want it tailor grown in a specific way, Um, which for me means like lightly fed uh, and basically not grown for weight or bulk, but for quality over quantity. Um, And whether that's for medicinal purposes or for rec, uh, basically you can do all of that at home much cheaper. You know, it doesn't cost $30 to produce an eighth at home uh, much more effectively. And you can do this in a very small space or a relatively small space, let's say a three by three tent, um, which doesn't take up, any more room than uh, an appliance in your home, uh, like a large appliance, let's say, you know, a, a refrigerator or something along those lines. Um, so knowing everything that went into your flowers is important as far as food goes or anything that's sprayed onto your flowers too. I mean, pesticides and things like that. Um, this is a product you're going to consume. So to me, it's precious. You know, you want it to be as as high quality as absolutely possible Uh, You want it to be organic in many cases or even veganic. Uh, But if you grow your own, it's totally up to you and you know exactly what went into it. And here's the thing. I mean, if you look at lab tests, uh, people don't brag about their lab tests if they're, you know, positive for things like pesticides, fungicides and other uh, potential poisons. A lot of commercially grown cannabis fails these tests. Uh, And those are not the, the lab tests that they release to the public for you to see. Um, Those are the ones where, you know, hopefully they would destroy the product uh, rather than unleashing it on the unsuspecting public. But that doesn't always happen. Uh, A lot of pot, like I said, it's rarely flushed. If it's out there for retail sale and it's grown in mass quantities, very rarely flushed, flushed, uh, very rarely properly harvested, properly dried, properly cured, uh, hand trimmed. All of those are things you can do at home when you home grow. Uh, And, Again, the overfeeding is really running rampant in the industry. Uh, Nutrient brands will constantly have you use more nutrient than you need. uh, And it's really, it's all about light feeding. I I stress, can't stress this enough. I do stress it all the time, but it's very important. Um, Another thing is a lot of times people harvest plants that are immature. Uh, They want to get those plants dried and and sold as quick as possible. Um, So they'll take them down before they're really properly ripe. Or sometimes they'll be overly ripe. You know, they'll, t- they'll wait too long and they'll have uh, something that's decreased in potency because they waited too long. So uh, that's another thing that you control when you grow your own. Um, and then, of course, genetics. I mean, you're going to know exactly what you're growing, um, exactly what you're consuming. Uh, and people need to understand that, you know, different pot strains vary greatly in all kinds of different aspects, flowering time, aroma, flavor. Uh, and potency level. I mean, that's important. Um, And if you're a medical patient, it's absolutely crucial that you get, you know, the strain that's the most effective remedy for treating whatever your ailments or symptoms are. Um, So those are basically the reasons uh, why. But then there's one other kind of prevailing thing that I like to talk about. And because growing your own is fun, okay? It does come with (laughs) some, some hassles and some headaches, especially when it comes to things like pests. Um, but uh it's fun and it's enjoyable and it's really rewarding, you know, it's creating your own medicine. There's nothing that can be better than that. And I call it modern day alchemy. I say this all the time, but you're basically you're creating something that's worth its weight in gold out of just light, air, water, and food. Uh and seeds, of course. Uh so that's really, you know, at the end of the day, it's an it's a it's a hobby, but it's very enjoyable and fun and rewarding and so to me those are really all the great reasons why you should grow your own um affordability uh knowing what went into it knowing exactly how it was grown but enjoyability as well i mean it's really just there's no feeling uh like lighting up your freshly cured amazing homegrown that you created yourself out of thin air there's no feeling like it and most people that don't grow never get to feel that and then of course, you know, you get to keep all the top nugs, you get to make your own hash and keef and rosin and concentrates and topicals, edibles, anything you want to do basically with that. And even some something as interesting as like juicing leaves, taking the fan leaves and juicing those the way you would juice uh, any other, you know, kale or, or, or wheatgrass or anything else. And it's actually very beneficial uh, to get those cannabinoids in that juiced form uh, when it's Prior to becoming THC, so THCA, um, CBGA, all of those precursors before they've been heated up uh, or decarboxylated or whatever are very great for juicing as well. So there's all these amazing benefits, uh, but most of all, the benefit is personal. It's fun and it's enjoyable. It's cheap and effective. So hopefully, uh, you're here. You're you're listening to episode 109. You probably already grow your own. But if you, you're you looking to make the plunge and, and you haven't and you're just sort of doing the research, um, I hope that this will push you in the direction of, um, you know, putting some money down, getting a tent, uh, getting a decent light and getting growing. Pop some seeds and, 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 and start the journey because it's a lot. It's a great, fun, enjoyable thing to do and you'll be saving money. And, you know, even politically, uh, creating your own cannabis is the best way to basically take yourself out of the marketplace and not have to deal with any of the, you know, disappointments of corporate cannabis or whatever you want to call it. So there you have it. And now in states like where you have home grow and it's legal, you don't even have to grow in fear. That was really the biggest thing. Keeping a lot of people out of this game was the fear and, and the uh, paranoia of getting busted. And if you, if that's not there, then really, you can just really have fun and enjoy yourself, learn more and more about living soil use less and less nutrients and grow better and better cannabis. And that's, uh, a, you know, that's, that's why, why you should grow your own.
1: All right. Excellent. Yes. And, uh, I would also just like to add, you may not know, uh, that this is something that you're into, you know, it's something that I think some people later in life figure out and then they've, they've avoided, uh, plants and growing their whole lives. And then suddenly they try this out and they realize, wow, this is really cool. It's meditative. It's enjoyable. So yes, uh, very good advice, Dan. People should give that a shot for a multitude of reasons. So now uh, we have reached the portion of the show where we uh, we take some questions from the listeners. And if you have a question, you could reach us at info at uh, Also on the Patreon, on Facebook, on all the socials, really. And uh, let's start things off here with D-Man. And he writes, uh, hey, guys. I still enjoy all the info you have to offer. After all these years, I've listened to all the grow bud yourself and free weed shows. Over many years, I consider myself a good outdoor grower, but I have limited experience indoors. I've recently been doing an eight plant three and one half by three and one half area. I believe I had calcium deficiency due to possibly a quar buffer issue, but I'm not sure. I mix my Sunshine Mix number 4 with a good amount of worm castings from my own worm farm. I use black gold cocoa for my worm farm, and the Sunshine Mix has cocoa as well. I rinse the coir out with water before I add my worms. I do the same uh, when I go outdoors, but I never had an issue. So could this be a buffer issue with the coir? Thanks, dude. So, yeah, Dan, what would you say here to D-Man?
0: Yeah. So it actually, it does sound like a buffer issue because you're basically, you're just washing your cocoa core. You're not actually buffering it. Uh, And what happens if you don't buffer uh, is it ends up locking out uh, nutrients in particular, calcium and magnesium, uh, because uh, the cocoa substrate has a stronger attraction to those two salts um, compared to something like potassium and sodium. Um, So sodium and potassium will be displaced into the solution and taken up into the roots uh, at the expense of calcium and magnesium. So basically what you need to do is soak your coir in treated water. And that's water that's mixed with uh, calcium nitrate. Sometimes people will add magnesium sulfate as well. Um, But if your issue is with uh, calcium, um, basically what you want to do is mix your water with calcium nitrate and then uh, soak the peat in that. Uh, And that will allow the peat to then take up uh, calcium and magnesium. So, um, the issue basically is that coir has a high salt content, um, especially lower grade uh, cocoa coir. And uh, so, you do need to sort of rinse that, leach the coir uh, of salt. Uh, And then, because it's got that, it's high in phosphorus and potassium, you also want to uh, buffer it. So Washing it is one thing, rinsing it, and then buffering it is a, is a separate thing. And buffering allows you to then take up uh, the calcium and magnesium and not lock it out. So I would say maybe outdoors, it's not an issue as much because there's there might be uh, some natural uh, naturally occurring calcium and magnesium that's being taken up uh, from native soil or th- something along those lines uh, beyond where the cocoa coir is. Uh, and but indoors you don't have the benefit of that so I would certainly uh, rinse and also buffer your cocoa core uh, with calcium and magnesium uh, in order to make sure that uh, that you're able to take up those nutrients.
1: All right, excellent advice. Uh, let's move on here to Andy and he writes, uh, "Team, first off, thank you for all you do. Your podcast has been an invaluable source of information. Well effing done." My question is this, uh, what can I do to encourage bigger bud growth in my plants? I'm growing in root spa five gallon buckets with Hydroton granulates, uh, under 850 watt LED photobiolights lights spaced out at four plants per light, elevated 12 inches above the plant's highest point. My lights are suspended from PVC framework with a, a max light height of nine feet. I lollipop my plants around day 15 of flower and I look for and clean up new sucker branches every day. My nug size is typically the last joint of my thumb. And I'm hopeful you have advice that will push bigger than this size, ideally ping pong or golf ball size, unless you think even bigger is possible. Oh yeah. The strain I'm growing is train wreck. If that matters, thanks for all you do. So yeah. What would you say here to Andy? He wants to get bigger.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, you know, first off, I would say bigger isn't always better. It's just bulkier. Um, but I do understand that you want uh, larger larger buds. So uh, the first question is genetic. You say you're growing trainwreck. Trainwreck should be uh, filling out bigger than the size of uh, a thumb. So in that case, I would say, uh, you know, it, maybe it's an environmental thing. You didn't really talk too much about uh, environment. The lighting seems to be fine. Um, you're what you're doing with your plants, lollipopping them and uh, taking off uh, lower growth and new suckers and things, that's a good. That's definitely a good technique. Uh, one of the biggest things you can do is add CO2. Uh, if, if you just want to bulk up the buds, uh, carbon dioxide is certainly uh, a way to do that because naturally occurring, it's like 300, 400 parts per million in the air. Uh, plants can take up to 1,500 parts per million uh, as long as the rest of the environment is... Uh, in sync with that. And the other thing, you can also have uh, your room be a little bit hotter if you're using CO2 as well. You can go, you know, at 80 degrees, uh, even something like 82 degrees um, wouldn't be awful if you're adding CO2. Uh, So that's the benefit too. CO2 is really the number one determining factor in the weight of the plants, as long as everything else is in sync, as far as, you know, environmental lighting uh, and otherwise. So, If you're doing that and you're watering properly, uh, you should definitely see your bud size increase and improve. Um, uh, It could be genetic. It could be environmental. um, But certainly adding carbon dioxide will help you. And it can be done cheaply. That's the other thing. I mean, you don't have to get uh, a tank and a regulator or a generator. You can do it these days with these cheaper mushroom kits that last basically for a full uh, flowering cycle, about a 60-day or so flowering cycle. You can purchase those um for every grow and, and even in a small tent so carbon dioxide isn't isn't necessarily uh a very expensive addition
1: all right sounds good uh thank you so much andy Uh, Thanks to everybody who wrote in. We're going to stop it there. Uh, However, we do have a bonus question that we'll be dealing with over on Patreon about crossing feminized plants with regular plants. So if you're interested in that or you would just like to support the show, please do head to Patreon.com slash Danny Danko and check out our bonus Grow Q&A content over there. If you have a question for the show, get in touch with us. That uh, email is info at growbudyourself.com. Now, what do you say uh, we take a short break here, come back, and then wrap this one up?
0: Let's do it. Hey, guys. I want to tell you about one of our favorite sponsors, Excelsior Extracts. Outcast and TOH from Excelsior are incredible people, incredible growers, and they make an amazing product. Their THC infused pain rub is made by patients for patients, and it provides powerful relief from pain. This product was developed to treat outcasts' chronic pain, and trust me, this is a super potent topical that really works. You can find out more about Excelsior on Instagram at Excelsior Extracts. That's E X C E L S I O R e-x-t-r-a-c-t-s uh dm them there to learn more about their amazing pain rub and don't forget to tell them that grow bud yourself sent you all right welcome back i'm going to wrap this one up uh I want to thank uh jordan river of course of growcast so check them out uh thank you for the uh enlightening info and interview on uh on home grow which is what we love so thank you to Jordan and the whole team over there um thank you to our sponsors uh sweetleaf nutrients uh use the code denko15 for 15% off of all your nutrient needs on their website sweetleaf.com uh thank you to seeds here now uh really excited about the seeds here now sponsorship um the code there is gby free ship Uh, All one word, G-B-Y, free ship for free shipping on all seeds at seedsherenow.com. Thank you to Excelsior Extracts. Uh, Check out their THC-infused pain relief rub. Um, RIP our friend Elaine Outcast of Excelsior. uh, Sending love to Tommy. And uh, please check them out on Instagram at Excelsior Extracts. Uh, Pure (laughs) Prime Superior Inoculant, uh, the code... Uh, for Prime Superior is PS420 for 15% off. Uh, That's a great product. I use it on my cannabis plants. I use it on my house plants. And you should use it too. So check them out, uh, Prime Superior. Um, You can learn more about them if you're interested. Go back to episode 91. We spoke to uh, Todd Young and Dr. Paul Rushton of Prime Superior about uh, what makes that product uh, so interesting. And of course, Vapor.com uh vapor.com is our affiliate uh, for any of your consumption needs uh, you can use the code growbudyourself20 for 20% off everything site-wide at vapor.com uh that includes all the puffco you know incredible uh, vaporizers and 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 smoking products and trays and pretty much anything anything you might want is available at vapor.com and 20% off is a pretty good deal so check them out um, thanks to you guys for listening thanks to the patreon Supporters, check us out uh, at Patreon.com/slash Danny Danko. Please join if you can, uh, even if it's just for four dollars and twenty cents a month. Uh, put your name down there and, and support us. You can ask us questions directly over there. Um, you get a bunch of free stuff when you sign up. Uh, if you want to sign up at a higher uh, level, ten dollars, uh, twenty five dollars a month, forty two dollars a month, um, you get a bunch of free stuff. I think it's probably worth more uh, than that even that monthly pledge. So please uh, join us at Patreon. Um, thank you for, to our YouTube subscribers and everyone who uh, streams us uh, on their uh, TVs and, and smart uh, devices as well. Um, shout out to all you got you people out there that are uh, in their grow right now with the headphones on um, cleaning up the plants or doing some trimming or whatever you might be doing. Uh, even if you're just on the treadmill uh, getting this, getting your steps in. Uh, we really appreciate you guys listening and supporting us and supporting our advertisers, um, and sponsors. So, uh, yeah, thanks to work and roll, uh, check out that class. March 16th is the next one. Uh, and you can attend it either in person here in New York city or virtually from anywhere in the world, uh, for something like 12 bucks. So, uh, check that out. Hopefully you guys can join us. Um, that's basically like a two hour class where I go through from start to finish. Um, teaching people how to get started growing. Uh, and you can ask questions through the chat as well. So uh, appreciate uh work and roll and Julia and everyone over there uh for that. And uh you know, 420 is coming up too. I've got some big announcements um that'll be coming up in future shows about uh where we'll be in April. And uh man, thanks thanks to all the sponsors, all the listeners, um, all the, the uh amazing guests we've had over the years episode 109 uh let's put it in the books